Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. DMVR Nuggets podcast. I am Harrison Wint here on a Wednesday, joined by my guy, championship enjoyer, superstar dev. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? It's uh, It's been a lot of uh, not so much basketball um, going on lately. All we got to see was Summer League, but we're getting closer to the season, baby. I know, man. I haven't seen you since Summer League. You recovered and everything? Yep, yep, got that AG um, in my in my system. Um, that AG one, man. AG one took some rockier shots just to like get myself going, and and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Well, I'm glad because we're going to talk about Rocky on today's show because Bruce Brown uh, shed some light on some of the alcohol that was drunk during the Nuggets championship uh, celebration. Uh, so we will we'll get into that in a second. We got a lot of mailbag questions to get to today. We asked you guys delivered tons of mailbag questions. I don't even know if we're going to be able to get to all of them. But if we don't today, we'll save some for tomorrow, maybe. Um, and it also, like I said, I want to talk about this Bruce Brown interview that he gave or the podcast he was on a couple days ago. A lot of interesting stuff from our guy, Bruce. So uh, we will get to that in a second. First, though, got to bring us up to speed on the latest news around the Nuggets. The Nuggets' full roster dev is totally complete. They got 20 guys that they're bringing to training camp. I think that was the limit, might still be the limit, but I think they have their full roster. Colin Gillespie officially signed his two-way contract, and then Armand Franklin and Andrew Funk, who we saw both those guys play a little bit in Vegas. Those guys are on training camp deals. Any reaction to that, Dev, or does that um, does that not move the needle for you at all, either of those items? Um, I mean, having a complete roster, that definitely has to move the, the needle because this is the guys that they're going with. This is what the team looks like this year coming off of a championship. So that moves the needle for everybody because this is the barometer for everyone to look at. They say, hey, you know, maybe we don't beat the the Nuggets, you know, starting five. That's still the best starting five in the NBA. But these other guys, like, you know, Denver elected to go younger. That was, like, the big push um, for this team right now is they went younger. They went more athletic. Um, you know, they have a younger group, and that's, like, a big thing to look at. So um, I do think that that has to be a, a needle mover for anybody um, going yeah. forward. Yeah, uh, the two training camp deals, the two guys signed to Exhibit 10s, Armand Franklin, Andrew Funk, I wouldn't really keep those guys too top of mind. Uh, their bodies, I they'll probably be with the Nuggets G League team next season. That's how those training camp deals usually work unless those guys latch on to another team. So I would expect those guys to wind up in Grand Rapids. Colin Gillespie on the two-way, you know, something we kind of just all assumed would happen. And, um, you know, we'll see what what ultimately happens with him, how much playing time he gets this year. I mean, he definitely is 
behind Jalen Pickett in the pecking order at point guard. I wouldn't be surprised if he played a lot of G League minutes just to get him up to speed considering he missed all of last season. Do you anticipate him spending most of the year in the G League? Yeah, I think this is a G League uh, year for him. And also, if you just look at the, um, you know, just the how it looks for him. Um, he sat a whole year. He got to be with the team, got to be on pretty much the roster. Not, You know, he's not actually on the roster um, as the two-way guy, but he got to spend the entirety of the year with the team. Now he's working himself back from an injury. Um, so he has to get back into basketball playing shape and just getting those reps. Um, also, they went and elected a point guard. So like that already – uh, they had to, you know, make sense of losing Bruce Brown. They got another guy that's an actual point guard um, that yeah. you could put alongside Jamal or behind Jamal. So that even pushes him down um, a, a bit more. And I was, also, I was a little shocked that he was the last guy to sign um, his two-way um, contract. Um, you know, with them going with the other guys, that, that kind of threw me off. But um, we kind of seen what he was in summer league. Um, not to say that he struggled, but just I don't think that they thought he was going to be right there. So – Another year to get better in, in the G League and maybe he gets a little bit of time if something bad goes happen, but we don't want that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'd expect all three of those guys to be in the G League most of the season. Um, but let's move on, though. Dev, I don't know if you saw the podcast that Bruce Brown was recently on, but he certainly had a lot to say about the Los Angeles Lakers, about the Nuggets championship run, who might have been the toughest team that they played. Um, he said some stuff, shed some light about the Nuggets championship celebration, what adult beverages were drank during that celebration. Uh, he was on the Title League podcast. And I want to play a couple clips from that podcast, and uh, I want us to react to them. So, if, Alyssa, if you can roll that first clip. I'll play La La Land, the Lakers. I think that series for us was like more personal than any other series. It clearly, don't know why. It clearly, but like it was like y'all wanted that neck. smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all wanted and all that we was smoke. Talking that sh- everybody. Nicole, I've never seen Nicole like speak on the court. He, was he wasn't shit. talking shit, but he was like into the game. Yeah, like like he wasn't playing no games. He's playing no games, bro. Like, he, like he has something to prove, and he the best player in the world. I love it um, because it's the truth. Like, and I feel like every single team has that same look. I just feel like no matter if the Lakers are good or bad, you're going to get, you know, your best, um, you know, punch at them every single time. And they understand that. Um, I do love the aspect that he like was, you know, taking us behind the curtain to see what it's like on the other side as a player, because I think it was personal for us fans and people that just watched the game and um, everyone else. I think that everyone just, looked at it like you want to beat the Lakers. You ask, I think if you asked a hundred fans of like, who was the one team to beat? I think that a majority of them are going to say Lakers. That was the one that was like the most compelling. And the wild thing is that was a sweep. Um, So yeah, I love that. I loved it too. And this is like, this is the thing that all the Lakers fans who got all up in arms about Bruce's comment and saying, Oh, why are the Nuggets still talking about the Lakers? Even though, they won the championship and beat the Heat in the finals. Like, why why, they, why? are the Lakers still on the top of their mind? But what Lakers fans don't get, and, like, I love that the team kind of embodied this as well, is, like, it was personal for us and for people that have been following this team because 
the Lakers have dominated the Nuggets in the playoffs every time those two teams have gone up against one another. Like the Lakers always smoke the Nuggets. And for Denver not only to win that series, but for the Nuggets to sweep that series, like that was personal. And so um, I felt like that was really cool because we obviously felt that way. But for the team to also feel that way and just kind of embody the spirit of the fan, um, that was cool to hear Bruce Brown say that, I, I thought. Yeah, historically, like the Lakers have dominated Denver. Everyone knows that, especially if you're a fan of either team. The Lakers, fans, players, uh, media, no one gave them the respect because they thought it was going to be the same thing every other time that you've seen, um, you know, throughout their, you know, franchise. Um, so I think that that was um, lovely, like just to like be able to say, yeah, this is a team that we want to we go against. Also, I love the comments like within it of, you know, you know, Nicola just being so involved and wanting to do that. Everyone trash talking. Um, yeah. I just love that we got to see like the the aspect of competitive competitiveness after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. We try the the second clip there, Alyssa. See if we can get that one to play. This is of Bruce Brown saying that he thought the Lakers would get one win. Did you think y'all was gonna sweep them? No. I did not. No, I did not. I did not think we were going to see one. I thought they'd get one in LA. Like I knew we were going to get game three. Yeah, you knew you was going to get game. Three. I knew we was going to get game three. I thought they would get game four, just off of they're down three zero. Yeah, and they're going to play way harder. But Braun ran, ran out of gas. Listen, like he had thirty we in the first half. Cast, first half, and Braun had thirty in the first half. When yeah. he left the court, I said, "Oh, he's going to lay down." He is going to the back to take a damn nap. So what were they, all, 15? Huh? And it was like, we were just missing shots. Yeah. And we, Bron, he couldn't, he would he have was, to, he was going to have to score 60. He was done. He was done. He left the game. He was done. In the second quarter with 15 seconds left to go take a nap. Yeah, he was done. He was done, He was burnt bro. out. What he in with? 30-something. 30, 30 30-something. 30 he was so passive, like, to start the third quarter, we were like, oh. Oh, yeah, he's done. It's done. He hoping somebody else comes along with him. And then we were switching matchups on him. Like, then I was my little ass was in his shit. And then yeah. AG strong. Was, so AG was huge. AG was huge. AG was the huge. whole playoff. The whole, the whole playoff. playoff. I kind of, like, forgot about this. In the, in the whole realm of the Nuggets winning a championship, that LeBron game four first half when he had 31 points and the Nuggets were down 15 at one point that half – like, that was a crazy half. But I got to say, looking back on that, like, I remember being in the building when LeBron had that 31-point half in game four. I remember how dominant he was. I remember how the Lakers were up. Never once did I think the Nuggets were losing that game, though. Never once did I think they were losing that game. You're crazy. I thought they were going to lose just off of the simple fact. <laughs> I felt like they were going to have to win one, the Lakers. Also, I thought that the referees was going to just do their thing at this point because he was dominant, not getting much help. Um, you know, there was the foul calls that you could just say, you know, go either way. Um, I feel like if you're the away team, you're going to think anything regardless on the refs. Um, but I was just like, hey, this is what they are. The Lakers get to the free throw line, they, you know, do this. And then LeBron is, you know, arguably the, the, the greatest player of all time. And he's having one of those halves. I was like, He's going to go for 60. This is going to be one of those times. They're going to lose a series, but he's going to, they're going to steal a game. 
and then they took their souls from them. Um, the part that I forgot about was LeBron leaving early. Like that, that is something that doesn't get talked about as much as it should. Yeah. But that was crazy. Like, hey, I gave it all that I have. And we've seen this at times, like when J.R. Smith had his moment and things like that. Like LeBron has these like superstar, like I'm better than everyone else moments, but then just fall short. And that was another moment uh, of that. Well, he had to leave early to think about what he was going to say post game to distract from the fact that he just got swept. He said, I'm done. I'm done with basketball. I'm <laughs> just watching myself from here on out. Um, something else Bruce had to say in that podcast was that the toughest series that the Nuggets played was against Minnesota, who, of course, took the Nuggets to five games. The one game the Nuggets lost in that series was game four in Minnesota, closeout game in overtime. They played six games against the Suns, of course, four against the Lakers, five against the Heat. First, y'all start off with Minnesota. Y'all going to y'all going to the playoffs, number one seed. Yep. Y'all start off with Minnesota. Get them the hell up out of there. Uh, y'all trick one game, though. We tricked in Minnesota, yeah. Bad one. Come on, bro. That's supposed to be a sweep. We supposed to y'all have supposed like three sweeps. Y'all tricked the shit out of that one. Yeah. They, Minnesota knew they couldn't beat y'all, though. And was going OD, though. Ant, Ant was is losing his next. Up. No, Ant is a problem. Ant is OD. Oh my gosh, dude is. I would say this year the toughest players to guard was Ant and Shea. We're gonna ask you about Shea later. We're gonna ask you about Shea later. But Jesus Christ, Ant, Ant, Ant was cooking, cooking, every doing everything though, all three levels. Y'all, I'm gonna be honest. I thought he was gonna hit that shot. Uh, game six, no game I five. I was contesting it. Yeah, it was. Online. I thought he was going to hit. It that was. One. It was online. It, it was online. Good. It, it looked, looked good. good. It was just long. Do you agree with that, Dev? Do you think Minnesota was the toughest playoff opponent? I think so, and I'm. I'm actually happy that a player said this. Like you know, a year ago, two years ago, nobody cares about what Bruce Brown has to say, but he wins a championship, so you can, you know, pretty much ride off in the sunset. You are. Um, riding the wave of like, you know, I just won a championship so I can say whatever it is that I want to. But I love that he was honest in it because I, I thought that I was shocked. Um, I was shocked to just seeing um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker or like just how much, you know, you know, Anthony Edwards actually is like how good he is. I, I did. I thought that he was good, but I didn't think he was that good. Um, seeing, you know, Rudy Gobert get I love when he gets dominated. But like at his moment and things like that. So I, I think that it was just great to see like honesty because Minnesota is not the one that, you know, everybody's going to go back to or think about just because you're just in your emotions. You want it to beat the Suns because they, you know, they beat you Suns and four. You want to beat the Lakers because they historically beat you. But no, that was the one for me. So I'm glad that he said it. Interesting. I think the toughest opponent was Phoenix and, um, not just because, like, it went six games, it went the longest, just because it there were close games throughout that series, like game two, game three, game four, that two of those that the Nuggets lost were close. Um, I, I just remember feeling, like, the most stress during the Phoenix series. Minnesota, I think, if Denver would have played the Timberwolves like after they would have played the Suns, I think they would have smoked them in four. I think it may have felt closer than it was, or or they may have felt like a more difficult opponent than they were just because that was the first playoff series. And like the Nuggets got better 
as the playoffs went on. Um, but there were you definitely sense like there was some there was a lot of mutual respect between the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. Like those teams definitely respected each other after that series was done. Yeah, I think that um, they respected like Minnesota yeah. uh, as an organization, um, how they were put together. Um, everybody remembers game 82. And I think that that also played a part. Like everybody that they played um, besides the Heat, I feel like there was like history that you were thinking about. Minnesota had the 82. Uh, Suns just beat you in the playoffs. Lakers have always beat you in the playoffs. They have LeBron now. Like there was, I think everybody had that on their hearts of like, I remember the past, let's like move on. Um, But for you to get through and beat them, you could look back and say they were a lot better. Yeah. The last thing that Bruce said on that pod that I want to get to, he um, shed some light about on the liquor of choice that him and Nikola Jokic were drinking after the championship. He called it Serbian whiskey. Of course, he's talking about Rakia, which we, assumed is what they might have been drinking that caused Bruce Brown to say in Vegas afterward that he had never felt that shitty in his life. Jokic got you f***ed up in Vegas? Bro, he had me drinking some Serbian whiskey. We was taking shots. So my goal all night was to get him drunk. Yeah. Right? And he just flipped the script. But he a bigger body, and I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah. And we was taking shots of, like, some Serbian whiskey. And I was I was finished, bro. You can't drink with them, bro. I'm not. They, I'm done. They, I learned my lesson. Nah, they different. He's different. They are. They are different. He is different. Drink. I'm not. It is never crazy. again. The oh flight was God. the next morning. At, we had a PJ next morning at like eight. I woke up at eleven fifty. Call someone like Can you put me. <laughs> what do you think about Bruce Brown finally getting exposed to uh, the world of Rakia? Every single time that I drink Rakia. I'm shocked as if it's my first time tasting Rakia. Like, it's actually an experience. It's not like a, you know, one of those type of moments. Like, it's not like a, hey, I'm going to sip this beer and that's that. Like, no, every single time, I think it just, first off, I think it touches your soul, um, touches different parts of your body every single time. Like, I'm sure that it could cure cancer if you drink enough of it. It's, it's wild. Um, so it's, it's hilarious to see uh, – um, an athlete have that experience. And also he was trying to trick Jokic into drinking more. And now he's the one that's drunk. It's like, yeah, jokes on right. you. This is my drink of choice. It had to be Rocky. It had to be. Yeah. Bruce said in that uh, podcast clip that he was trying to drink Jokic under the table, but in the end, Jokic is the one who drank him under the table. And in the end, Bruce pretty much said like Serbian people are different. Those people are different, which we can confirm um, Serbian people are different when it comes to drinking alcohol. And I'm with you, man. Rocky is people always ask me like, is Rocky a more whiskey? Is it more? It's not in any of the common liquor categories. It's in his, its own completely separate category. It's and, like um, let it um, mid grade and things like that's, that's gas. I know it. It's yeah. <laughs> I I I really hope, but I don't think it's the case because I think we know what kind of Rakia Jokic was drinking on the plane um, to Vegas. But I wish it, and I hope it's the case where he gave it to him out of an unmarked water bottle, because we <laughs> all know the best Rakia in the world 
comes out of an unmarked water bottle with the wrapper peeled off. That's the best rock yet. It always comes out of that. And it's always coming from somebody's great aunt or cousin that's been making the rock year for a hundred years. Every bottle comes with a story, like a real yes. story. It's like, a, it's like folklore or something like that. Like, I think every time that the bottle gets passed on, it comes with a new story. So now you have to tell both stories. You pass it on to a third person. They have a story. Um, so yeah, that is hilarious. Also, the the Rakia out of like the actual bottles, like the brands that we buy from the store and stuff like that, also pretty potent. So it doesn't really matter. They're all pretty wild. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, let's hit a break real quick. I want to get to some mailbag questions on the other side. Uh, we got a lot of interesting ones, including uh, if you had to predict a big time free agent to come to Denver in the future, who would it be and why? Uh, so we will get to those questions um, right after this. Guys, if you um, need a personal injury lawyer, make sure to hit up the good folks at Bacchus and Shanker. Uh, Bacchus and Shanker, they've been winning for families in Colorado for more than 25 years. And the coolest thing about Bacchus and Shanker is you don't pay them any money until they win your case. No upfront fees. Uh, to speak with them about your case, no fees while they work on your case. Um, only You only have to pay them if they win your case, and they've won over $1 billion for their clients. They've got neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. They've got the strength and power to win your case with 30 lawyers, 100 staff members. Backus and Shanker helps all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycles, rideshare, pedestrian trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Give them a call, 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Also got to tell you guys about Bet365. Bet365, it's now our go-to here at DNVR for sports betting. Uh, Bet365, the coolest thing about Bet365 to me is their app. They have a great app with an awesome user interface they've got every bet you could want to bet on every line um super responsive and quick app it's as good as all the other ones out there probably even better they've got all these awesome odds boosts they've got market specific odds boosts too based on where you are so if you're in denver you're going to get nugget specific odds boost you're going to get av specific odds boost during the app season so it's a really cool tailored app you've got to download it right now um, turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets when you join Bet365. Download the app, deposit $10, claim your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. But you've got to use the code DNVR365 when you sign up. So download the app, use code DNVR365 to sign up, deposit $10, and then you get $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. Uh, must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind with Superstar Dev. Uh, let's get to the mailbag here. The first question I've got for us, Dev, this one's from Matthew Kimura, friend of the show. He writes in, if you had to predict a big-time free agent to come to Denver in the future, who would it be and why? 
if you had to predict one, Dev, who do you think would want to come to Denver out of any big-time free agent out there? Is there somebody that comes to mind for you? Yeah, the one that I, I think is real unrealistic, but the one that is the most fun is our Balkan brother, um, Luca. That would be incredible. Like, first off, you've already played a couple months with Kyrie. That could not be fun. Um, but also now you're, like, you're about to play a couple more. <laughs> yeah, you're going to play a lot. Well, you're supposed to play a lot more. I just don't think it meshes. Uh, they both want the ball. I think that they're both like, you know, um, two of the like best players like uh, ever, honestly, ever. But it just doesn't work together. Um, so, like, you want to talk about working together. Luka and Jokic would be fun. It would be incredible basketball the right way. Um, and it would just it would bring everything together. It would stop wars. <laughs> Actually, um, my pick is Giannis, and I wrote a a column on DNVR last year with uh, I think it was twenty predictions for twenty twenty three, and one of them was that Giannis Antetokounmpo was going to ask out of Milwaukee, and that Denver was going to be on his short list of places he wanted to be traded. Um, that didn't happen, although I think it was potentially close to happening, but Milwaukee was able to right the ship. They re-signed Chris Middleton. They re-signed Brooke Lopez. They kind of kept the band together. But what's interesting about Milwaukee is they have a new head coach, a first-time head coach who's never coached in the NBA before, although he's been an assistant for many years and was like one of the next head coaches up, Adrian Griffin. So everybody thinks he's a solid hire, but I mean, you never really know. I, I still think the Buck situation is one to monitor. Um, but if Giannis did ask out, I still think he would prefer to, you know, play in the four markets that every free agent puts on their list, like the LA teams, New York and Miami. Like I just would think those are the teams he'd still want to go to, even though he's Giannis. But Denver, I think he would have interest in just to play with Nicole Jokic, who we know those guys have a good relationship, and just because their games would be a perfect fit together. That would be beautiful. Like that that high-low pick-and-roll, oh, my gosh, the type of spacing that they would get, especially if you put three other, like, just knock-down shooters around them. Like that stuff would be beautiful. Also, you would have the best defense in the entire league. Um, yeah. the, you know, the best defender in the league, uh, uh, underrated defender who's shown that he is uh, advanced in that, you know, way. Um, and then just also um, unselfish people that like are competitive, like true and true. That would be that would be fun. That one to me doesn't seem as likely as Luca, though. Like Luca seems it seems like we are like four or five months away from Luca potentially requesting a trade. From Dallas. Oh, that's, that's happening. It's it's definitely coming. <laughs> um, next question here. This is from our guy Bucket since '88. Which team do you want the Nuggets to play on Christmas? The Lakers or the Suns? And I thought we could put together a top five teams that we want the Nuggets to play on Christmas. And this can be our bet three six five top five of the week. We need five teams that we want the Nuggets to play on Christmas. The Suns got to be at the top of this list, right? Yeah, they have. Or to. the Lakers, or or is it the Lakers? 
I think Lakers for me personally, like you, you add the Michael Malone aspect to it. Um, <laughs> like the last time that we seen these teams, one team got swept, and now LeBron is upset, and he's gonna come back on a vengeance. And make well, he's motivated shit. now. Now he's motivated. Finally so. motivated. This, yeah, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I think I'm, that those have to be on the list. I'm good putting the Lakers one. I kind of want to put the Lakers one. I want to see Nuggets Lakers on Christmas Day. Then I'd put the Suns two right after that. Then you got to go. Um, you have to go to the East. For, you got to go with Philadelphia. I think that that has to be on there. Philly is next up. Let us know in the comments too. Who would you want to see the Nuggets play on Christmas Day? Lakers one, Suns two, 76ers three. Um, we've got. The Timberwolves. We got a finals rematch with the Heat. Mm-hmm. We've got Giannis and the Bucks, the Celtics. We could go to like a Luca and the Mavs situation. We could go Steph Curry and the Warriors. I think next up for me would probably be I'd take the Warriors. I, I like to see Nuggets Warriors Christmas Day. I'd be good with that. that. That might be four for me. I'm excited to see how the Warriors will be at that point of the year because I don't see that that team working out early on, especially where they're trying to figure out how to implement if Chris Paul's on the starter, if he's off the bench. They're going to be tiny. Like I, I, I'm excited to see how they are at that point in the year. So that would be fun to see. Like That would be like the midway point where it's like, yeah, this is working. Or like, no, we need to put them on – Front street where we could try to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Who would be the fifth team for you? Timberwolves. I think yeah. that, that was just so exciting. Like, that was an exciting series. Um, I, hey, I, the, the I, toughest I, opponent the Nuggets played all playoffs. The toughest. And then I feel like they just, um, I think they try to stick with like West teams playing against each other. They're going to be the last Usually. regardless. I wonder if them winning a championship is going to change that aspect where they have to play last. Um, but, like, yeah, you might as well get them for the latest game ever for like they did for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's our bet 365 top five. Teams we want to see the Nuggets play on Christmas Day. Lakers, Suns, 76ers, Warriors, Timberwolves. I think that's a good list. Um, this question comes from – DQ, our guy at Frank6993, which Nuggets will have the best World Cup? Are you looking forward to the World Cup? Because we've got Jamal Murray, seems like he's playing for Team Canada. Flacco Chanchar, playing for Slovenia. And we don't know about Nikola Jokic, potentially playing for Team Serbia. I'm going to guess that he's not. That's like kind of the rumblings is that he's probably not. Um. Who are you looking forward to watching most in the World Cup? Well, first of all, Latko is a World Cup legend. Yes. He he's impressed. Like the, the one time we get to see how good he truly is. And then we're like, why doesn't this guy play more? But also <laughs> how good the league is because he's incredible there. Um, like they're one two punch, just they're fun to watch. So I, I, I love watching Latko, and that's a time that he gets to play. But the Jamal aspect gives me more. Like, I'm more interested than I have been in a long time. Or I mean, we watch, you know, Jokic, and that's incredible. That's fun. We got to, you know, see Euro Cup in, in person. 
But I think the Jamal one is fun too because that's something that I feel like he's wanted to do for so long. And that Canada, the Canadian team's going to be so damn good, like really good. Um, so like seeing him be able to come off of a championship and be one of the main guys on that team, that's going to be fun. So yeah, there's some excitement there for sure. Yeah, I hope Jamal Murray plays for Canada. I hope we get to watch him play. I agree with you. It feels like something he's definitely wanted to do for a while and he just hasn't been able to because of the injury the last couple of years and some other stuff that's happened. Um, but, man, that would be awesome to see him play for Canada. And, like, imagine the buzz Jamal Murray would have coming into next season if – he's able to help like get Canada to a gold medal game or win the gold for them coming off of finals and then heading into next year, like the buzz for Jamal around the league would be crazy. So I hope that's kind of the track it follows. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be rooting for Serbia, Canada final. Uh, Let's move on here. Let's see. This comes from Stefan. Which five teams won't even make the play-in in the Western Conference next year? So who are going to be the worst five teams in the West? Um, I think we can probably put Portland into that group. Portland and Houston are just solid. They're there. Houston's definitely going to be there. Um, I would probably still put San Antonio there. Even yeah. though they've got Wembenyama, I'd still slot them in the bottom five. Um, then it gets tough because you've got Utah and Dallas were the two other teams who missed the play-in last year. I can't imagine Dallas will be that bad again, but, I mean, you never know. I, everybody seems to love what they did this offseason. I'm not that high on it. And then you've got Utah who should be significantly better than they were last year. I mean, the bottom line is there's going to be like one or two teams that it's going to be surprising when they miss the plan. Yeah. You also have the teams that were in the plan. Lakers made a huge push late in the year. Um, A lot of it was due to like finally being healthy, but who knows if they're going to have the, like the injury plague again. And also LeBron is just only getting older. So, like, that's a team that could be fighting for making the play-in again. Um, I feel like the Timberwolves are going to be better. I think that they're just going to finally understand who their best player is and then work everyone else around there. So, I think they'll be better. The Thunder are going to be better. Um, So, I I think it comes down with, like, the Lakers and the Pelicans is the other two that I'm like, I don't know if they're going to – like, they could be down there with that, especially if – we still don't know what Zion is or if he's going to play, or whatever the case may be. So I think that those are my two others if I had to go with someone else. I'll put the Pelicans down there because they were great top of the West at the beginning of the year with Zion, and then they petered off once he got hurt and went out of the lineup. So with his uncertainty, I'll put the Pelicans in there. And you know what, man? I'll put Dallas in there again. I just feel like that's that's an explosion waiting to happen in Dallas and like everybody's been really high on their off season. I don't think they've gotten that much better. I'm not that high on what they've done. So um, I'll put Dallas in there as well. All right, let's hit another break. Got some more questions on the other side. 
uh, right after this. But guys, make sure to check out Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew is the official beer of DNVR. If you don't know where to get brew, Breck Brew, just check out the Breck Brew beer locator. Type in your zip code. Tells you exactly where to get Breck Brew. Um, and we are hosting watch parties for the Women's World Cup at the DNVR bar. Uh, but if you can't make it to the bar for our Women's World Cup watch parties, head over to the farmhouse in Littleton. Breck Brew Farmhouse, 4 to 9.30 p.m. Um, they'll be having watch parties over there. Uh, you can also um, check out, like I said, their beer locator, breckbrew.com, to find a Breck Brew near you. But if you head out to the farmhouse, they're having uh, three big screens around the beer garden. They've got World Cup Juice Drop Pale Ale Specials. They got a Wheat Variety Pack and Summer Pill Shandy Buckets, Avalanche Amber Specials. So tons of specials going on at the Breck Brew Farmhouse if you can't make it out to the DNVR bar to watch the Women's World Cup. That could start soon, though. I'm I'm very hyped for that. Also, make sure to check out the good folks over at IV Nutrition of Wash Park. Uh, we've all been in there, the entire DNVR Nuggets crew. We had a great experience. Uh, the people there are super professional. They take care of you. Uh, they're really good at what they do. And you can just sit back. Get an IV in your arm in a uh, nice massage chair, zero gravity chair, and just relax. Maybe you had a long week, long weekend. Check out IV Nutrition, their Wash Park location corner at Alameda and Downing. Anybody who mentions DNVR when they come in gets 50% off their first IV nutritional drip. Give them a call 720-259-4404 for more information. All right, back here. DNVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wind and superstar Dev Johnson. Let's get into the Jokic portion of this of these questions here. Uh, we got a bunch of Jokic questions. This one comes from Nick H. How many more years does Nicole Jokic play in Denver? And how many titles will he have when his career is over? I'll go first on this one. This is like a popular topic that us Nuggets people like to talk about, like, how many years will Nikola Jokic play in Denver? Oh, like, he's just going to play out his contract, and he's just going to retire, and, you know, he's going to have a short career. I would hold your horses on that, no pun intended. Um, I feel like Nikola Jokic is going to end up having a longer career than a lot of people expect. Um, I think despite the image that he gives off. I think he loves playing basketball. I think he loves playing for the Nuggets. I think he loves living in Colorado and his family loves living here. And I don't know if he's just going to pack up and just be gone and totally vanish. Like when his contract is up, I expect him to play it through another max contract with the Nuggets I expect them to have, you know, a 10 plus 12, 13, 14, 15 year career. I expect them to play for a long time. And so I think a lot of the talk around, oh, he's just going to like retire early and, you know, we're never going to. I feel like some of that's kind of overblown, but I expect them to be in Denver, obviously, for his whole career and to have, you know, a really long NBA career like most of the greats have. And in terms of championships, He's got one. I mean, I would say 
four to five is would be like on the top end of what he could get in terms of what I'm expecting. I'm going to say three. Yeah. I think that those questions go hand in hand. Um, honestly, I think that the amount of rings like basically determines how long he's going to play. If he's winning championships, why would he stop? He, that's not going to make him stop. And also the way that Jokic plays, um, he's not like a dunker or a high flyer or anything like that. So like he's going to be good for a very long time. Like he's, you know, just now reaching his peak and who knows, maybe he could even get better. So like until we see like injuries or him start to like diminish in talent, I think that's when it, it'll come in, in, in hand. But also I think that people don't realize how long he's already been in the league. I think that he has, again, another max contract plus another so I think that he's going to have six, seven, you know, more years. That's going to be a good 13, 14 year career already at that point. Um, and then depending when he looks back, he's going to say, hey, I won this many amount of championships or that, you know, the organization with the Nuggets have continued to put good players around me that, you know, play my style and my brand of basketball, which they have been doing. So he's going to be happy in Denver for a while. We won't have to see another podcast or another you know media say is Jokic a disgruntled star we haven't seen that type of stuff he enjoys being here he's going to be playing for a while so um yeah again I would hold my horses on that too um he gets to be who he wants to be go you know to Serbia in the offseason and be himself and then come back re-energized and ready to go so I think that he's happy here he's going to be here for a while yeah he's played eight years in the NBA I would say we are, you know, maybe approaching the midpoint of his career, but he's really only been on a championship contending team for like the last year. Like last season was really the first legit championship contender that the Nuggets have had. And, you know, if he has eight to 10 more years on championship contending teams, which I think you know, is the likelihood. Yeah. I think like two or three more championships would be, would, would be realistic. Oh yeah. And I'd answer that one. I think that three championships, I, I think that's three, like, uh, the number, if he gets to four or five, he's going to play for, he's going to play for a very long, another decade. <laughs> that, that'd be crazy. And also yeah. he would go down as like top five pick like players of all time. Like that, that's where I think if you get that many championships. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is like if, if he gets to three or four and he's winning them like as easily as they won this one last year, he's probably like, why wouldn't I just stay here and try to win as many as possible? Exactly. I, I think then you can start to get a little selfish and be like, why can't I win like five of these things? Why yeah, can't why not? It'll be another Tim Duncan comparison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's hit one final break. Uh, we'll wrap up with some final questions on the other side uh, right after this. Uh, guys, we were out in Vegas for Summer League. Had a great time out there. Stayed at Circa. It was awesome. But we definitely could not have gotten through that trip without Shady Rays. Uh, Shady Rays hooked us all up with sunglasses We when we went out there. They're absolutely integral to any Vegas trip. They're absolutely integral 
to any summer in Colorado, wherever you're at. It's hot everywhere right now, it seems like. But take on the sun with gear built to last. Shady Rays, they've got you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Uh, right now, you can go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. Uh, if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Shady Rays always has your back. You can go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two plus pairs. You can also go to their store park meadows mall full stop shop for all things shady rays all right back here dnvr nuggets podcast harrison wind and my guy superstar dev johnson on a wednesday let's get to a couple more questions uh before we get out of here Jokic fever dream asks can you power rank Jokic off-season videos I'm trying to think of all the videos that we've got of him so far. We've got him uh, doing the front flip into the river. We've got him dancing at the Sombor bar slash club. We've got the pictures of him at the horse track. Those are just incredible. What's your favorite out of those that you've seen so far? I actually got like a, a top four. Top four. Okay. So number four for me is the the MVP chance while he's on the, the river um, and yeah. doing flip right after. Like that's that's number four for me, and that's just dope. Uh, to see him in his element, to see him with his people, um, like laying his hair back, that's cool. For three for me, I think it's being at the track immediately after winning a championship. Like he's like, I just went and accomplished exactly what I set out to do. But I'm going to go right back to what I truly love. And that's when the horses being at the racetrack probably got him a new horse. So I think that that was super cool to just go there. Um, number two, um, the comment about him wanting to be at the parade, although other people said that he didn't want to be at the parade. Like that was a dope moment. He was in the moment. He's with his team. He just won a championship. We got to see the emotion that we finally got to see, like, you know, through his whole career. We got to see that, like, come into fruition of, like, I just won a championship. And then the number one for me is, like, dancing at the club in Vegas. Um, like, just more, like, him dancing at the club, knowing, like, all the American, you know, music and dancing to it. And then Bruce Brown coming out with the story of, like, hey, I tried to get him drunk and I was the drunk one. Like, putting those two together. Like, it's hilarious because, like, Bruce Brown, he's having the time of his life. Jokic is having a good time. But he's just like, this is what I do all the time. But we don't think of that um, him in that aspect. So that, that goes my list. It's a great list. What's crazy about the Vegas videos is that all those dudes look exhausted. <laughs> like, they look exhausted from beating the Heat. And then the and then flying flying to Vegas like the day after, they look exhausted. Everybody looks exhausted except for Nikola Jokic, because Serbian people are just different, man. They they are just different when it comes to partying and getting after it. And like one of my takeaways from those videos was Jokic looks like he's just ready to go, and everybody else is like, oh yeah, like going through the motions, but he's just like. That's the story. Go. That's the story of his career. He doesn't look 
like he should be in that type of shape. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, this is nothing to me. This is this is easy. I know. Um, Jokic at the track right after he gets back is just so classic. And um, of course, he's like, he's got the custom no joke Nike hat on. He's got the custom Dreamcatcher stable polo, which is just like so fresh. And then him just him just chilling at the track with a bunch of other just degenerate Serbian horse racing fans is just like it's perfect. Like that that that, that those pictures that came out were just so perfect. So those are those are top two for me for sure. Um, let's wrap up here. Last question that I've got, and we didn't get to all these. I can probably get to the rest of these on tomorrow's show. Um, if you had to predict a playoff rotation right now, Dev, based on who is on the roster at this moment, the 15 guys that are on the roster right now, if you had to predict the playoff rotation of eight guys, eight guys, who would you have in that playoff rotation? Oh, that's tough because, I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen throughout the year. But if I had my ideal, I think that the five starter, of course. Um, Jalen Pickett, I think, is going to be there um, when it's all said and done. Wow. wow. I think he's going to be in it. He's going to be the, the Bruce Brown role. I think that he will be that by the midpoint of this year. Which sucks because I, I I really want Reggie Reggie Jackson to work out. Um, Hunter Tyson, I don't know if it's just because of how good he played in in summer league, but just having a backup for MPJ I think is going to be big and, and crucial. And you you can't I'm not saying you can't, but you don't want to play MPJ all of those minutes. So you need a guy behind him, and I think that he's ready. Um, and he will only get better. Um, so you got Christian Brown, you got Peyton Watson potentially too. Christian Brown is going to be there for sure. I, like he's he's already locked in. He's yeah. So him, yeah. Both of those. Peyton Watson is going to he's going to be a guy that's going to play. He's going to be a starter in a couple of years. So the, yeah, they were my my group right there. So you've got the five starters: Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and Pickett. Pickett. Okay, but I do so my, throw Tyson in there. I think that he will be in the rotation. So you'd put Tyson in there too. Okay, I would. As of right now, I I'll go a little more conservative. I'd say the five starters: Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and Zeke Naji. That would be my eight right now at this given moment because I think you would need some some big in there even though, you know, Aaron Gordon can play the five like he did last playoffs. Um, maybe I'd say Zeke Naji slash Flacco as my eight, um, but definitely Christian Brown. Almost definitely Peyton Watson. I just think by the end of the season, he might be a monster. Like by the end of the year, he just might be insane. And then like that eighth spot, would be a, a Vlatko slash Zeke situation. I think Pickett could get there, but I'll, I'll play a little more conservative right now. Yeah, if you add in Vlatko and Zeke, like that, that's the 
that's a good window for now, for sure. Um, if it is the young guys, like you just got to think about how long of a reign this team could be on. Like that, that's when you start talking dynasty. If you really, if the guys, the young guys hit early, that's when you're like, okay, this team is really good. You don't even have to worry about, you know, the off season, things like that. But also Latko and Zeke, they're supposed to work out. They should be like the conservative right. approach because they've been around for a while. They're supposed to get better. There's more opportunity for them to prove like, Hey, you know, with more time, I'm going to be good. And um, like they're, they're older, they're, they're playing more. So like that would be like the best approach, but I, I think it would be just fun to see the young guys like already be implemented and be so good that you have to play them. Right. If the Nuggets win another championship next season and go back to back with the bench and relying on a lot of the young guys, they might be set for like some real dynasty talk. Like if they get through next year and they win it again with this group, kind of as it's currently constructed and you've got like a picket, a Strother, a Hunter Tyson all on rookie contracts, you're going to be set, absolutely set for a while. Yeah, that's the the, the image, that's the look for it. And also when you draft a t- like players, that's what you're looking for. Like, hey, are these players good enough to change our organization? Um, yeah. That'd be scary. Truly scary. Yeah. Uh, guys, thanks for the questions. That's all the time we got for today. Um, maybe I'll get to some of those other questions tomorrow. Superstar Dev, thanks for joining me on the show today. Hope your summer's going well, man. And um, we will be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you guys then.